Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Would it be so bad if an 84-year-old got into heroin? Welcome to the Cat Organizational Podcast. You idiot. It's written down in front of you, you idiot. This is like the buffalo chicken wrap of answers. I haven't heard about hot orcs in a while. We were so horny for motion controls in 2005. I can't wait to come back and tell you how it was Noah's Ark, you asshole. I would also like to retroactively say I've never had cotton candy acid. So Andrew's 100% doing a voice, right? Everybody get off IMDb now. Time to record. This episode and probably this whole this whole podcast is a mistake. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and Todd's sweet dumper. <laughs> All right, wait. <laughs> Todd's Just... sweet fat ass. <laughs> so... What even what even started this in the Discord? Um, oh, Tom, the friend of the show, Tom Zlatni, had asked uh, which of us had the juiciest booty. And the response was that I've been doing squats for the better half of a decade. And so <laughs> here we are talking about, about my sweet dumper. I like that, uh, that quote from Tommy Boy. The, uh, that Todd Thomas is one hot piece of ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, butt thwomp nation. It's been a year, hasn't it? Have we have we talked about this year at all? <laughs> have we mentioned twenty twenty? Um, we've survived the the better part of a pandemic, and we've learned more than we've ever wanted to about Guy Fieri together, and came out stronger on the other side because of it. We also came learned out it was stronger. Guy yeah. Fieri came out Fieri. stronger and still unable to pronounce his last name right. Yeah, I'm never Columbus I'm never going to get that son. right. So we haven't hid the fact that COVID and quarantine derailed an otherwise well-planned year of conventions and casting semi-famous actors as unknown superheroes, but I'm going to drop a little bit of honesty on you all. We've tapped our idea banks. We looked in the tanks for one last topic to regale you with before 2020 blows away like an unwelcome fart in the wind, but there just wasn't anything there. But luckily for us, you all answered the call when we needed you most and helped us come up with one last morsel of content before the new year. Hooray! Thanks, everyone. We lit the proverbial <laughs> skies with the proverbial butt-thwomp single signal and asked you to send us questions for our very first mailbag episode. I know we need to talk about the mailbag episode thing, but what is the official butt-thwomp <laughs> signal yeah. that we light the sky with? Like, is it just is it just a light of Todd's sweet dumper? I think it is, yeah. I think it is now. If it wasn't before, it is now. I wanted, I, I was thinking it was an outline of Yoshi from the least flattering angle, but yes, whatever. That, that's what I had in mind when I tap, typed that sentence out. Get but. on it, fan artist. It's Todd's <laughs> sweet dumper. <laughs> Um, yeah, welcome, welcome to a mailbag. It was either this or a clip show. So here you go. And, and Matt and I didn't want to edit a clip show together, so we're <laughs> no, doing a mailbag. So today I am joined by Todd Cliff Clavin Thomas, Matt Mister McFeely Cole, and Andrew Newman Henderson, and we're going to set aside nice. our differences to answer some questions <clears throat> from our constituents. Uh, Cliff Clavin's definitely the postman from Cheers, is that right? Yes, these are okay. three famous mailmen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize Newman was the uh, was the postman. I yeah, guess he's a mailman. Blocked that out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not like the postman. Like that's just his career. 
He's yeah. not like he's, he's not defined by his work. Yeah, he's not defined. He, he's not like he's not like Mr. McFeely, where his he only exists to deliver the mail. He's just a character who also happens to be a mailman. He's not like the soup Nazi who's known as their profession first. Yes, who yes. does not have a name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we've we put out on social media asking for questions from our listeners. We got a gl- lot of great responses. I've divvied them up into f- a few broad categories here. And the first one, a lot of you wanted us to talk about how we how we make the podcast and how how the sausage gets made to steal the term from Todd who likes to say it so much. <laughs> um so we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit, talk about our process for the show. Um our first question comes from Tommy or Hoomstradamus if you are in our Patreon Discord. Um and he asks what do each of you do to prepare for the debate? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go ahead and get us started. Um, aside from the brainstorming that goes in for some of our episodes, which is literally just we have a running Excel spreadsheet that is weird ideas that come to you in the middle of the day and you throw them on the spreadsheet and you think, man, that would be really funny to talk about. And then when someone else likes it, they move it to like the, ske- the, the master schedule and it's like, all right, we're doing it yeah. now. Yeah, usually at the end of our recording session, we say, hey, I added a bunch to the last or to the to the recording list. Um, The way that at least I prepare and I think a lot of us do is you either have an idea of what you want to do and you start Googling to see what all hits as far as uh, YouTube responses or Wikipedia or um, (laughs) and maybe Matt or Andrew, who are especially uh, guilty of this having the punchline set up and then reverse engineering <laughs> yeah. backwards. Yeah. Uh, yep. But at least for me, I usually have, I think of the prompt, I think what's wild or fun or something that I know. And then I try and work from there. And so I just try to absorb as much Wikipedia and YouTube as I can in like an hour or two. And then I kind of brainstorm from there. Yeah. Most of my prep for the episode depends a lot on which, like which person I am to put my answer in our Google doc. <laughs> because I think we've said before that like we have a master Google Doc for each episode that serves as our show notes. And if I go in there and I'm the first person to put my answer in, I'll typically close that Google Doc and come back to it another day. Um, but if uh, if I'm the last person, then a lot of it is like trying to pick the right answer and then figuring out how that builds in to the typic- the typical formula of there's the right answer the the fun answer and the wild card answer or like the right answer the cool answer and the wild card answer and um it's not that i aim to be one of those things it's just figuring out what angle of the debate am i gonna be taking um and yeah sometimes like todd said i i come in with an idea of like all right this is a hundred percent i've wanted to talk about this superhero for a while or i really feel like this is the answer to this question that i want to hang my hat on um, and then sometimes it's Googling, like, I don't know, horniest Marvel superhero or something <laughs> like, uh, and scrolling through until you find one that you're like, that's not real. I think I talked about in the episode of uh, best super villain to have or best superhero to have in a zombie apocalypse. That sounds like a thing that we did yep. um, yeah. mm-hmm. when I was like, all right. The the answer that I want to go with is necromancy. Now I'm going to Google Marvel heroes with necromancy and yep. scroll until I find the wildest one. Yeah, in a similar fashion, 
it's it's one of two things happens. It's I know the punchline and I have to get there, or <laughs> I have decided that I'm going to do this, talk about this one thing at all costs, and I have to figure out <laughs> how to make it work. Um, and I we've you know we brought up just much like the Triforce, those roles that the right answer, the wild the wild card answer, and the uh, the obvious answer. Those are all roles that we do not chose, choose. Those are chosen for us. Yes. Um, yeah. And somebody always has to be Ganon. It just, it's just the way <laughs> it works. Someone always is Ganon. Yeah, it usually yeah. happens if you're the third person to put uh, kind of your selection into our notes document, you have been slotted into what your fate is that day. It's That's usually right. yep. not, you know, oh, the other two put really good answers. I'll also put a very good answer. It's usually, uh-uh, no. that's my free pass to go wild, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my prep depends on whether an answer immediately comes to me or not. And if it, if it immediately comes to me, I put my answers right in the Google Doc almost as soon as it goes up. And if it doesn't immediately come to me, I wait until about two hours before recording time and mm-hmm. um, throw that Hail Mary play and just like pick something I can answer at least two of the questions about and and then yeah yeah, find the way to make it the wildest I can we we call that the guitar hero religion prep (laughs) strategy okay I put a lot of work into that (laughs) I wanted to tag on to the end of this too like there are two kinds of episode prep for me and it's episodes where it's like all right I'm clearly gonna make up everything that I talk about today And then episodes of like, I need to cite as many sources as I can and (laughs) deciding which gameplay I'm going to pick for that debate really depends on how I prep, because there are some things where it's like, all right, day one, I claim my answer to the first question and say, this is what I'm doing. And then everything else is pretty off the cuff. And then there are other ones where it's like, I've got to click every blue link in this Wikipedia page <laughs> until I have every citation I could ever need in a doctoral dissertation defense. The difference for me on those, cause I do a very similar thing is if it's a, if it's a topic I, I pretend to know a lot about, then I make sure I do all my research and get everything 100% right. But if, if Andrew is moderating a like metal gear solid episode, it's the first one that looks cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and we'll, we're winging it the rest of the way. Do you guys want to do another Metal Gear Solid episode? Keep them coming, because they are because that is a deep, deep well we have only just scratched the surface of. In in prep for this mailbag, doing some of the research, I had to listen to parts of different episodes, and that was the one where we talked about the spirit of the Baltimore Ravens is to win. <laughs> and I tried to sign all three of you up for Raven Facts. Yep. Yep. I did. I never got those Raven facts. No, I'm going to guess that that got caught in the spam filter. (laughs) Um, So, Todd, that that leads us very well into our next question, which was asked by a few of our listeners. So no one gets credit for this. Who has won the most episodes of Debate This? Boy, so we were talking off air. I went through and combed every episode to find every winner of the 70 episodes that we have done as of recording. Which we've never done. We've never yeah, done this. We've never yeah, we've never this. Who would have thought who would have thought that we should have just put a, another column in? Yeah. We didn't. Yeah, in our spreadsheet. So, yeah. yeah. So now it exists. <laughs> so Andrew's got the like full breakdown. Yeah. But Todd, who has by the numbers won like actually won the most? Shown yeah. up and won the most. So we'll go we'll go bottom to top here. So first off, which is worth noting, out of the 70 episodes we've recorded, we had our very first pilot episode. There were no winners, just all four of us yelling at each other. 
We have had multiple guests on episodes, and typically guests show up and make us look foolish over the source material. So out of our episodes, we have had nine that have been won by guests. So uh, guests get honorable mention. Um, Going up from there, Kyle has won 13. I have won 14. And then Andrew has won 16. And Matt is our reigning champion, having won 17 total games. It's such horseshit. I knew you get it was stacked against me because I, me and Andrew have shown up for the most episodes here, and I'm yeah. the okay. least winning. If you're gonna do that, that Matt missed one, Andrew I think also missed one, and I missed two because yeah. I was in New Zealand. I at least get the perfect attendance award. Yeah, you yeah. definitely do. Yeah, I, I upon so upon hearing this, dear listeners, I put on my statistician's hat <laughs> and I, I I threw all this data into a pivot table. And uh, because I, I wanted to answer the question that Kyle just posed, which is, OK, but what if you're like Kyle and have just modded more episodes? You don't get a chance to win. So in calculating the what I'm calling the kill to death ratio, <laughs> our, <laughs> our wins are a little closer together or our, our, uh, our percentages are a little bit closer together. So uh, if you're if you're counting up episodes that each one of us has modded. Uh, it's myself and Matt, 16, Kyle coming in at 22, and then Todd, a meager mm-hmm. 14. So Todd only <laughs> consumes. I'm also part of this. Yeah. Uh, our our kill-to-death ratio is Matt at 33% uh, KD, uh, Andrew, 31% KD, Kyle is 28% KD, and Todd a middling 26% <laughs> KD. Well, I so and I didn't share this off air because I wanted this to be caught live. So I did uh, some further calculations of winning streaks. And so I think that's Ooh. important. So coming mm, into important. 2019, mm-hmm. if you listen to it's about episode 44 or 45, Andrew wins and makes the makes the exclamation. That's a streak, baby. And it was Andrew <laughs> out of all of us has had the most consecutive wins. He had four straight wins, um, episodes 43 through 46. And it's worth noting, he also won episode 41 and 42 was a guest episode. So Andrew likely could have had a oh, six game win, yeah. but a guest came in and made us look foolish. 2019 was a lot better for me than this year. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I think the other thing that's really fun to point Fun out here fact, is fact: our guests always win. Yeah, our guests <laughs> yeah. are likely win. Not always. Not always. One Not exception. Always. One two. exception. There are two uh, there, exceptions. Oh, two There's exceptions. a couple. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've listened. Um, I listened through all these, and so the other thing that I think is fun is that what are our losing droughts? Right? Who's gone the longest without winning? Because that's oh, a fun is, statistic. Who is the Pittsburgh Pirates of this podcast? <laughs> well, <laughs> we have all at any point in time had either a nine or ten episode losing streak all of us every last one of us in fact andrew was andrew was the first one to go uh 10 episodes without winning do you you want to know why because that was when i started (laughs) slipping into the real wild card role (laughs) (laughs) andrew was andrew's like i've won enough i'll start uh, i'll start going easy on him (laughs) after not winning starting at episode 23 until 33 you won because you brought the werehog to an episode and that was the episode (laughs) where you broke (laughs) that as i turned it around I yeah. only I don't think two other people in this entire world would get this joke, but it's like much like my bowl. I bowl like I get straight gutter ball, straight shit, gutter ball, gutter ball, gutter ball. It's only it's only tens and zeros here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably had the most shameful bout 
almost. I guess there's 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 a loser here, but I had a pretty terrible one where I lost or I won episode twenty nine, didn't win again until thirty nine, and then didn't win again until fifty. I went twenty one episodes, Ooh. only winning three. Damn. Um, However, I would have guessed I had a I had a good losing streak, but Andrew had a 14 game drought, which is worth noting <laughs> um, wow. episodes 54 through 68. And Kyle, my friend, you had a 16 game drought oh, episodes 40 yeah. through 56. Dang. So there it yeah. is. And uh, listening through bits and pieces of all of our episodes gave me just a fun just like clip show of my own that I get to keep for myself. Um, one of the quotes was <laughs> Todd explosives and biceps party, which is my new political affiliation in case anyone's curious now. <laughs> Todd is Todd is the president of the explosives and biceps party, actually. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we we have now logged all this data and we'll keep, we can give you yearly updates having not have we don't have to go through and comb that ever again. Yeah. What do you guys think the loser is going to have to do or be? say or you know like we gotta we gotta have like somebody at the end of the year whoever loses the most has has to to do do something shameful well we could we could easily come up with something that whenever we go to prge every year assuming that we go back they have to maybe the other three get to decide what shirt they have to wear at the table that's good yeah that's good there we go um if if i get if i get and maybe the winner decides what the loser wears because if i win you all are wearing Malo shirts. If those even <laughs> exist. I doubt those exist. Todd will um, make them. <laughs> if, if I win, uh, all y'all are just, you just have to play Kingdom Hearts. Oh. <laughs> <Ugh. God. laughs> I thought that was forbidden in the Geneva Convention. <laughs> <laughs> so we will, we will move on. Um, this question comes from my brother, Derek. D harps in our Patreon chat. What is the episode topic discussion process like? And how much do you know about each other's responses going in? Cool. Um, well, I'll talk a little bit about picking episode topics, and then I'll, I'll let one of you guys uh, take the second half. So uh, this is something that definitely has evolved over time as we've created the formula or the, the format of Debate This. And, and, I, and I tell this to a lot of people, anyone who's talked to me and been like, you know, what is it like starting a podcast? And like, I'm interested in getting into that. And you know, we, t- we took the approach of just like, just, just record something, figure it out. It will all kind of come later. And anybody who's, who's, you know, maybe come in uh, a, a little later, like in this year or late last year, you know, we have a whole half a year's backlog where the show was very different than the way yeah. it is now, I would yeah. say, you know, mm-hmm. and, and similar to Todd doing going the exercise of trying to go through those original episodes. And we had an episode, episode three, where we kind of, we did a lot of experimentation and you know, believe it or not, that uh, the the robot bean apocalypse, uh, the <laughs> the the stupid mean bean machine. You know that for a long time was the kind of the north star of our formula. I was like, okay, well, we really like that. I think we're gonna we're gonna go toward this. And then until we did Yoshi, that was like another one where it was like I was gonna say we we have like these these episodes that chart a like yeah. Uh, I really liked that. Let's do that more often. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that Yoshi. Yep. What what colors? is the best Yoshi was that first one for me that was like, Oh, that's what I want the show to be. That's what the show is. Yeah, exactly. And and we're still, I mean, that still changes all the time. You know, um, I, I will, uh, I'll cite, uh, the Ocarina Schmacarina episode, episode three was definitely kind of an older relic of the original, uh, pitch for the show, which was like a, this or that, you know, it was like, we're going to do, is it going to be Mario or Sonic? Is it Ocarina time or Majora's, you know, it was like, it was that kind of thing. And, uh, Again, 
very different concept than than where we've we've ended up today. Um, actually, and, and not to like toot my own horn here, but um, if if any, any listeners of the show, you may remember um, uh, Kyle's friend Zach, who runs around the monitor. Um, I recently I wrote a a, a video for him uh, a couple months ago, and it talks about the actual like the process of making decisions, and a lot of that is quite honestly like exactly the process behind how we make episodes which is you know we we try to think of parameters to establish and usually kind of breaks down in one or two categories it's okay i want to talk about a thing let's say metal gear solid um from that thing i'm gonna i'm gonna have a finite list of choices so in that case metal gear solid bosses so which metal gear solid boss xyz what metal gear solid boss would be fun at a barbecue you know like whatever whatever the (laughs) fuck like enter hypothetical situation then there's the other category which is like we're getting this chocolate into this peanut butter what's the best combination of chocolate and peanut butter which is which are like our put your put them what was it a metal gear solid boss into super smash bros was that yeah exactly and and those those tend to be a little more loosey-goosey yeah you know, you don't, you can kind of come in and, and be a little freeform. Um, the, the, those are definitely allow themselves for more like wild card answers. Uh, Wes Anderson screen treatments, if you will. Yes. Um, but yeah, we, we've kind of established that it's, we like having a little bit of both and, and try to, you know, go between, go between those two different ideas. Um, always trying to come back to our North star, which is we'll, we'll continue to start the year with a, what color Yoshi is best. <laughs> type of episode that's which we the energy have we look coming for. up we yep. yeah we that's definitely our like this is our guidepost. we want to hit this mark every time but we got to hit it the first time to get it there like and we, we got a good one for 2021 right we yeah. got 2021's <laughs> picked yeah, yeah. we do yeah. yeah it's a good one yeah and i'll uh i'll finish that out with the how much do you know about each other's responses going in um and this really ties back to the the first question we talked about with how do you prepare of we have this Google Doc and we all there's a there's a common agreement that you put at least the outline of your answer in so that nobody's saying the same thing over and over again. And it didn't start that way. I don't remember which episodes it was, but I think in that first 10, we had a couple where it's like either we all were talking about the same thing or I remember specifically when we did the make your own RPG team. And I managed to bring four characters from four games that nobody knew about but me. And so, it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. uh, it sort of became like you need to at least put something in there so we all know what we're talking about and can come mm-hmm. with some sort of mm-hmm. like understanding. But everybody does it a little differently. Um, I know I think Kyle, Todd and Andrew will all often put answers into the Google Doc and then write out more of their answer in their own separate document. Kyle's shaking his head, so maybe it's not so much that. I do that. I put my answers in and then and then just kind of wing it once we get yeah. in there. And but my answer my answer's there so I can like make sure I'm not wandering too far from my my compass. Yeah. I, I type mine out and then I just usually put in the first paragraph. Uh, because I very rarely actually get through everything that I write out because I usually write out oh, a God. lot. <laughs> yeah. You have more than the screenplay you read us? Yeah, which is yeah. awesome because oh, Andrew man. also ha- always has the longest <laughs> answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I typically will put in, like, I'll, I like to, to write like I'm on a writing for a sitcom, which I never will be, but I like to write out at least some punchline that I can make my way to, and then I just wing it and fill it in from there. So. 
it really depends episode to episode and and how much prep time we all have. But going in, there is at least a a concept of knowledge of the outline of what people have. Typically, it's question one. Typically, we all know the answer to question one. After that, it's kind <laughs> of a crapshoot. Yep. Yep. Basically. So our next question comes from Andrew's wife. Jess asks, how many hours does it take to edit each episode? Which only a couple of us can answer that. And I'll kick it over to Matt first, who does the first half of editing. And then I finish it up. Yeah, so I content edit and um, it takes a really long time. Um, Our show is heavily edited, not in the sense that we're like putting things in that aren't there, just that the four of us are all really good friends and we laugh and joke and sometimes space needs to be taken out. And then also we record this show remotely. And so there's a lot of syncing work that needs to be done and just cutting out spaces where we all talk over each other. So it's not heavily edited in the sense of we're making a show that we didn't actually make. It's just heavily cleaned up. Um, But typically it takes me about an hour to edit 20 minutes of content. So whatever your or whatever the length of the episode is, um, typically multiply it by three. And that's about how long it takes. Yeah. And then I do the post-production mastering, et cetera. At the beginning, it took me about an hour to an hour and a half to like fine tune all the parts, um, get the intro to intro synced up, right. The, the break, the closing credits. Um, I, you know, I scrub through and listen for our cold open. Um, so at the beginning, that process took me an hour to an hour and a half, depending on how good the audio came in that week. Um, and now I've got it down to about 15 minutes at my fastest to about half hour, 45 minutes, um, maybe a little longer if um, someone didn't catch they weren't recording through their microphone or something. But that was um, one time. That was <laughs> one time. <laughs> it's more than one time. It's uh, not just not just Andrew. Like, it's, it's telling that Andrew was so quick to make comment over that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there was, I think through all of August, October, and November, I I pounded them out in like fifteen minutes because that's how long I I remembered half an hour before our stream started Monday night and didn't want to do it after the stream. So we've only, we've been doing this show for almost four years and I still have no clue what the fuck Kyle does with our show. (laughs) (laughs) I make it pretty. He does. Um, all right. So this is one, this comes again from D harps, uh, which debate this exclamation point headquarters, a creation would each good good boy most like to actually see funded? Can I go first? You can. So my should. my answers are very very simple. Um, if we can't have so in episode fifty nine we talked about uh, NPCs that we wanted to see, you know, in Paper Mario, the Origami King, um, Origami Prince, whatever it was. Uh, if we can't have a good version of Paper Mario on the Switch, because we obviously didn't. Um, I would like that. My my backup is definitely a throwback to episode 69. I would like to see the the dating sim of Mark Davis's pro bass challenge uh, <laughs> looking to get hooked. What a catch or whatever I called it. Um, boy, that episode got so wild um, and so much fun that I I would I would I, I, yeah, I want that. I just opened up my podcast app to scroll through the episodes because I was like, man, that's a 
that's an open-ended question. And then I didn't have to scroll too far and got to let the Kabaddis hit the floor. And I want a <laughs> yeah. backyard Kabaddis game more than I want anything else we've ever talked about. Backyard Kabaddis is good. Did, didn't we didn't we see that something was coming out um yeah, there's, there's a kabaddi documentary i thought it was yeah. an anime it's a kabaddi no, it's anime. Anime. It's yeah. anime yeah there's yeah. a kabaddi anime coming out it looks fucking rad as hell <laughs> <laughs> um sports animes are like the hidden the hidden gem of the anime world like they're they're almost all good every episode is the tournament arc like exactly yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the best yeah. it's the best kind of anime that exists <laughs> Um, so I mentioned it earlier because it was on my mind, but, uh, man, I very much want a Wes Anderson coming of age movie about <laughs> the adventures of Wario and Waluigi, um, as, uh, as referenced in episode 32 Baldwin's deep <laughs> Nintendo's original dirty boys. Yeah. Um, man, there's like, like I said earlier, I mean, there's a lot of episodes where I, I write a lot of content, but I, I had like a legitimate screen treatment. <laughs> Like I spent all That's day true. writing that screen treatment, and there was so much to that episode that I just did not read. Maybe, uh, maybe sometime we'll we'll do we'll do that'll be an extra Patreon here. level. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you have to pay us to we, not hear it. If, if we get enough patrons, <laughs> we'll just we'll just let Andrew ramble on his all his screen yeah. treatments, and you'll get them. We we do our our flavor text, but if you give us fifty dollars, Andrew will just do the whole the screenplay for you. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> we'll all read his different parts. Yeah. Um. So mine is definitely just any time we've cast Rami Malek in anything, I want that. <laughs> I just want I want Rami Malek in all of our weird movies Man. and or shows and we or games. We haven't talked about him in a while. It's been, he, been wonder, doing, wonder if he thinks about us. Yeah. Like <laughs> we think about an him. Okay, pandemic. So then our last question from our behind the curtain topic comes from uh, patron Nathan LV, and he says. We call ourselves nerds, and supposedly the premise of our podcast is to debate nerd things, but we never discuss the real issues. There's never been an episode about whether the Enterprise could take on an Imperial Star Destroyer. No discussions of the pros and cons of Kirk versus Picard. What are we hiding? What dark secrets is Big Nerd paying us to suppress? Um, <laughs> however you want to answer that, guys, go ahead, and I'll, I'll wrap it up. I would like to just jump in and say that if Big Nerd was paying us anything, I know at least three of the four of us would quit our jobs immediately. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. yeah uh, Big Nerd's not paying a shit. No, we haven't. We don't even know Matt Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is this where we joke where uh, we're being where where Half-Life 3 actually did come out and then they decided that we as a society didn't deserve it. So they're like, nah. That's what Big Nerd is keeping yeah, us from sharing. That's what it is. Is we're yeah. we're hiding Half Life Three from you all. Mm-hmm. No, we decided early on we just we wanted to stick to comic books and video games. Um, back mm-hmm. in twenty, what was it, 2017, 2016, yeah, 2017, when we yeah. were like conceptualizing this. Um, Star Wars podcasts were big. Star Trek wasn't necessarily in a great place. Um, no with releases. Um, and and we all, you know, I I'm. I'm a Star Wars nerd, but like it's not my favorite topic to dive in on because someone always tries to talk over you for it. And we just we just really wanted to like not cast a wide net on all nerd topics ever and stick mm-hmm. to comic books and video games. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the the last piece of that, too, is when we first started and pitched this show, there was a agreement that we didn't want to be another can Goku beat Superman podcast. 
that we wanted Mm -hmm. to keep it light and comical and and very much answer the questions that no one is asking. That being said, um, I do love Star Trek and the Enterprise could not take on an Imperial Star Destroyer. Absolutely not. The Enterprise, yeah, the Enterprise is a research vessel, right? And then an Imperial Star Destroyer is an Imperial uh, military vessel, so... Yeah, obviously the Star Destroyer is going to win. Yeah, you need to have uh, the force or at least three movies of plot armor to take on an Imperial's plot or an Imperial Star Destroyer. <laughs> That's, I'm glad that we still got the answer out there, though. Uh, real quick, in order, Kirk or Picard? Just, just to satiate Nathan here. I guess Kirk. Um, loaded question. If you're asking me the actor or the captain, but I'll lean to Kirk. Okay. I'm I'm a Picard man myself. Um, fuck. I love the Star Trek movies so goddamn much, and it, so my answer is like an ironic Kirk because <laughs> I love unhinged Kirk in like Star Trek Four. That's yeah. just like oh, whales. Like it's just like he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. All right. Um. So that that's all the questions we got on like how we make the show, why we answer the questions we do, how we answer them. Um, so the next field of questions you asked was about us in particular. What are our interests? What do we, what do, we do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so in our Meet the Debaters section, our first question comes from Master Spectre. In the, um, that's his username in our Discord, at least. And how did we all meet each other? And I know we've told this story a few times, but if someone wants to sum it up real quick, go for it. Yeah. So um, the the simplest way to say this, we all went to the same university. Um, Andrew and I uh, were in the same year. So Andrew had been a student there, and then I transferred there. Uh, We met each other through marching band because we are just mega nerds um, on different levels. Yep. Um, Got to be friends through marching band and playing Halo 3. Um, Ultimately, uh, Andrew was in a fraternity. I joined his fraternity. A year later, Kyle joined the fraternity. Um, and then two years, ten years, after- ten years later, Matt joined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Andrew and I had graduated and I believe Matt, you came in right as we had graduated. Um, and then Matt joined the fraternity and we all, you know, got to know each other, uh, similar interests, obviously. Yeah. So that's kind of how we all go back. We were all friends in different, different various levels throughout the year. Like Andrew had moved across the country. I moved a different corner of the country. Uh, we had both moved back to columbus kyle had moved out to colorado and we got to talking and we thought this dumb show would be a good idea and you know three years going Here into a fourth four years going later. into Holy a fourth shit, season yeah. and yeah. um it's one Wild. of the it's one of the most fun weird uh things that i think i do that i don't immediately share with my coworkers, but slowly give them <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah yeah it's it's been a blast i mean if you've uh if you have you know, close friends and you have a cool topic and you want to do a cool thing, then like podcasting is a fun thing to, to do. But I'd also say that it wasn't just us four to get on the microphones and bullshit with one another. Like we we didn't want to just have a thing that we talked at each other. We wanted to have kind of a show that we did that had a purpose and had like a market. And um, so I say all that by saying that, you know, we we have a goal when we record, and it's not just to get on and bullshit with our friends. It's to actually have a target demographic and try and uh, get a, a good piece of content out. Basically, if you've if every every white guy in his thirties is doing a podcast, so don't be that other guy. Yeah, have <laughs> yeah. A, have a topic, have a focus. It's always good. 
Uh, Matt, were you in? Were you in marching band? Yep. I'm the only non-marching band member of debate this. We'll we'll teach well. you the handshake later, Kyle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kyle, you're also the only one that was in college with all of us. So you are that is true. To this the true. I am the glue that holds this podcast together. I mean, that's this is absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next question comes from friend of the show, Tom Zalatni. Tom you know Zalatni him. You in, love him. In, <laughs> in the di- Discord. Um, and this is a very simple. What food do you associate strongest with home? Tom, I, I see you, Tom, fishing for episode ideas. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> if you're if you're not reading between the lines, uh, always grinding. They, yeah, Tom, Tom. They they run a it actually a very good podcast up yeah. for discussion. Um, probably yeah, one of my favorite definitely podcasts. Listen to it. Uh, up for not to show for Tom's podcast on our show, but uh, it's it's just very good, easy listening. And Matt's been on it a couple times lately. Um, yeah, they talk about now. food, and it's it's very good. If, anyway, if you've ever wanted to hear a, a grown man speak passionately about mac and cheese, boy howdy, <laughs> have I got a piece Can of Matt content speak for you about mac and cheese. Holy shit, some he, last have, pasta. It's it's so entertaining <laughs> to hear Matt talk about junk food. Like it's just it's something I never knew that I needed so much. What do you got, Todd? What, what food oh, you man. I grew home? up I grew up in Northwest Ohio where the the strongest season we use is salt in a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I would say the the food I associate with home is honestly it's just dirty bar pizza. We've got a bar in Cary, Ohio. <laughs> it is filthy. It's the kind of bar they still smoke in, even though they shouldn't. And the pizza is just it's it's real thick, real greasy, real cheesy, real saucy pizza. It's just a lot really of adjectives. Gets you, pizza. Really gets you right yeah. in the in the gut and i just i just want to eat that pizza and take a nap yeah um i could say any number of the crazy shitty western pennsylvania things that i grew up eating but to be just the slightest bit sentimental um my dad on nights that my mom wasn't around um because she was at work or whatever and it was just my dad and i eating dinner he would always make the same thing and it was uh steakums and eggs sandwiches and hmm. uh with a1 sauce on toast and oh hell yeah it, yeah, yeah right wow. i know yeah so fried steakums and uh typically like fried eggs uh on toast with a1 mm. sauce very much brings me back to the nostalgia pit i love that um my answer it might sound weird but i'm gonna say buttered egg noodles and i'm gonna tell you why so <laughs> my my grandmother my mom's mom grew up in the depression she's one of the she was of the the silent generation and uh she did a lot of those depression era things um one of which is like buttered egg noodles was just like a meal that people had um so she that's just something that she would make when i was a kid and and i would uh stay at my grandma's house all the time when i was when i was little and would be there like a couple days a week um before school and everything so that was like her signature dish. So yeah, I don't I don't know why. Like it just kind of one of those things that just like unlocks in your brain. But uh, when I read that question earlier, I was like, that's it. Just immediately like buttered egg noodles popped into my head. <laughs> and uh, every time I I have not like tried to make those as an adult, but I I always like I pass it in the food in the aisle, and I always like for a You're second like, I'm like mm-hmm. I should make egg butter buttered noodles, but like <laughs> I'm not gonna make buttered noodles. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. am I? I'm I am a Cincinnati boy who's not in Cincinnati anymore. Skyline Chili. Skyline yeah. Chili is yeah. my yeah. like the unofficial um, sponsor of Debate This. The unofficial sponsor of Debate This. My family just sent me like a Cincinnati care package and and it didn't make it 
three hours in my home before I <laughs> tore into that can of Skyline chili that was in it. So Kyle went to the mailbox with a can opener and a spoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Skyline chili. Um, so the, our next question uh, once again comes from Jess, Andrew's wife, who I think is building a case against him in this one. Yeah, she knew the, the answer to this question. So yeah, she definitely yeah. she definitely knows the answer to this yeah. before she asked it. Who has clocked the most hours in any game ever? It's got to be. Well, I know Matt's Pokemon Pinball is up there. Matt's Pokemon Pinball is up there, but that hasn't been like consistent. Yeah, I what mean, is if the way? Sorry to cut you off, Kyle. The way I for read it. this question was like, in our whole lives, in all the games, mm-hmm. how how who has played the most games? And I think, without a doubt, the answer to that question is Andrew. I think it's it me. is also Andrew. It's one hundred percent me. And and I'll tell you that I looked at my playtime for just Final Fantasy fourteen, a game, fourteen, a game I've been playing since two thousand thirteen, and the number is fifty eight. It's not fifty eight hours. It's fifty eight days worth of oh game. Oh my god! Time. Oh my god! Oh man! I I haven't like calculated hours in a long time, and I know that like the switch will tell you, and I can't remember what like I put it on mm-hmm. Hades. I just think back to the very first game I put an immense amount of time into, and that was Fantasy Star Online when I hit 200 hours, and I realized that that was, you know, like eight straight days of playing, and I was like, that's a lot yeah, to put into a game. And now you've said the number you've said. That's the number that I said. I, I will remind you, I have been playing, it is a massively multiplayer online RPG that I've been playing since 2013. Yeah, but However, like, would that, that change? That is 1,400 if, hours. Yeah, would that change if you said like 2010? Would it change if you said like 20? Like, would that make the no. number a lot better? Because I don't think it would. I mean, look, we had Aya on our show who told us, who literally told us that she has been trying, she has been gunning that's for the fair. same that's achievement fair. for the last eight that's years. True. That's true. That's fair. Like, that's, these, true. that's just how these games work. I know I've deleted at least 10, 500 plus hour Pokemon oh files, but oh I don't think I, I still yeah. don't think I come close to Andrew. I, I think I win it mostly just because of the games. It's because of the games that I play because I play a lot of JRPGs that are just like Persona 5 is 120 hours. Final Fantasy 10 is 100 hours. Like it just, yeah. each one of those is, is triple digits. I mean, there was a good 10 years where like, my Game Boy was just on and in my hand <laughs> at all times, yeah, yeah, yeah. which makes me think I'm close, but I don't have the facts to back that up. Let me ask that question in one more way, just to maybe get a, a slightly varied answer. What is the first game that you put your thousand hours into? Like, what was your first game that you dumped? I guess I think I think it's like 30 days is about a thousand hours or something like that. Um, mine's Guitar Hero 2. I'm not proud of that, but wow. it's definitely Guitar Hero 2. Yeah. It's Melee for me. Yeah, Super I'm going to say Melee. Melee as well. Melee and then Halo, Halo 3 is a, is a, yep. a second there. Yeah. Those are, I think, two of the first games that, um, like, my, my video game playing for a long time, and even now, is pretty social. Um, I don't play a lot of, like, one-player games other than Hades. Shout out to Hades, robbed of Game <laughs> of the Year. Um, I, and I think that is probably my first 1,000-hour game. Yeah. Melee a lot. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so our next question uh comes from friend of the show, Carl Winsick. Who of the four of us would win in a fight? 
It's Matt, right? Like we all agree, it's Matt. Matt's a beefy oh. boy. Matt's. I, I mean, was Matt, say you're Todd. Matt, Matt, you're thick. I don't want to yeah. say it's me because that feels it's really Matt. braggadocious, but I feel like it's me. It's I'll Matt. say this. Todd. I'll say this. I've I, I I pick up the weights a lot, um, and I it's what I do to deal. It's with all life. vanity muscles, though. But, but <laughs> I've that. So one yes. show muscles. One yeah. yes. Two in my adult life, I've never thrown a punch. I've never like yeah. Todd. Todd, you're a show horse. You're yeah. on the you're on the showroom floor. I'm Matt, Matt's in there. He's he's pulling the wagons. Yeah, yeah. I'm I might I might be out there like I'm the 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 prancy dancing horse, whereas yeah. Matt's actually hauling the plow out in the field. Yeah, yeah. I think the the best thing that I can say is that my physical frame has been hauling around Todd's PR for the last 10 years. So I'll just leave that on the table. Matt's the horse that pulls my carriage that I am in to the show. Then, then when, yeah, when the, the cameras show up, Todd, they strap Todd onto the carriage, but yeah. Matt pulled it there. That's right. Yeah. Uh, now yeah. I will, I will say asterisk. If it is kicking only, then it's a different story. I'm, I'm mostly lower body strength. Yeah. As we talked about my dumps earlier in the show yes my dumps my dumps my dumps the we, my it didn't lady it, dumps. it wasn't it wasn't in the recording so i guess we'll say it here now i was talking to my wife because we're in a pandemic and i was saying how my pants don't fit right anymore and it's and it's not and it's not my waistline but i've just done a lot less like running and just a lot more working out and i ripped my pants at the at the gym the other day uh, because I squatted a bit too deep. Um, Those tree trunk thighs of his. They're, boy, mm-hmm. they're they're there. I have trouble buying jeans. <laughs> Can we go to the next question, please? That's for you, the podcast listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll save everyone from imagining Todd's sweet dumper and go on <laughs> to the next question. Coming to us again from Master Spectre. What is one good thing that happened to you this year? I'll start... My wife and I went to New Zealand in January for her cousin's wedding, and it was actually a very, very cool experience. Um, you know, I get that like international travel is expensive and it's not something everyone can do and it's not something we can even do right now. Um, but if you ever have the opportunity to go to New Zealand, go. Uh, it was so cool. South Island is way cooler than North Island. Um, unfortunately, while we were there, they announced that coronavirus was a thing. And so then oh, so we you really got it. Right we just the missed it. Yeah. Like if we would have been a month later, we would have been stuck there, um, which actually would have the joke we've been making yeah, for a while. Yeah, would have been a, great to stay there. Um, but that was a super, super cool experience. Um, also, far less involved. We just recently adopted a dog and Willie is delightful. Willie is delightful. Mm-hmm. I hope everyone gets to meet Willie because Willie is She's a great. Good, good boy. She's a girl. She's a girl. Good, dog. Good girl. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what mm-hmm. I said. Yeah. Um, also, in January and talking about a wedding, I have uh, myself and then my four best friends from my hometown are really the only friends from like high school in my childhood that I have left. And the first of the five of us got married in January and I got to go back home for the wedding. And it was the first time since college that all five of us had been in the same place at the same time. It was also the first time ever that all five of our significant others who are like all long term partners at this point had met each other. And so it was like the full family reunion for the first time ever. And nice. uh, yeah, mm. it was it is the only joy of 2020 that I'm still holding on to <laughs> 12 months later. Um, and I think all five of us 
often joke and say that 2020 began and ended with Nicole's wedding. Um, so again, congratulations to you, Nicole and Kevin, because that wedding could have been yesterday. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, right. Uh, um, I'll say personally, uh, I bought a house this year, which is which was a great thing, great experience, but also something I never thought I would do. Um, because, you know, my wife and I were always the we were going to be renters for life living downtown. And then a pandemic happened where it stripped us of our ability to walk to work and go out to eat and go places. So uh, we did what what most people in the in the burbs did. And we, we got a house. Um, we were fortunate and we were able to get one close in town and a really get nice area. And it was kind of on the like upswing before a lot of the craziness and for those of you not in Columbus, Ohio, uh, the market is insane and everyone's buying a house this year. And mm-hmm. it's, it's been, it's been, it's a whole thing. Um, uh, professionally and, and I, well, not professionally cause like fuck careers, but, um, <laughs> pod, podcast wise and, and I'm not, this is not just for me. Like I, I'll speak on everyone's behalf. Uh, we started a Patreon this year yeah. and, uh, yeah. it was, it was something that we had talked about doing for a long time and we weren't really sure you know how to go about it and like what would be would people even want to do it but as of this recording you know we've we've got 20 people uh, who are willing to pay us for you know, more of this and and those of you that are listening thank you so much yes yeah. thank um, you so much thank you i mean it's it's every day it's 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 just an amazing feeling we got to do stuff like forbigorf and the office drones yeah our guy fieri episode um, oh my yeah. god you Flavor said it text. right Hell yeah, I did it. I, did I, it. I, had, I struggled real hard Batting to get that right out the first yeah. time, Matt. Um, and so I'll say specifically for me, being able to uh, build the Office Drones world and <laughs> turn that like stupid one-off thing into <laughs> a, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign has been so much fun and, and just an, an awesome way to like flex my my own creative muscles. And um, I started editing those episodes, so trying to get into that. So just a lot of some personal growth for me, which has been which has been really great. Um, and as far as my year, I got to quit Starbucks, which was a big goal of mine this year. Um, I got to, I got to do lead sound design on my first four shows now because, um, the theater I work for stripped its budget and I was the guy that was there and got to do it. So I got a lot (laughs) of great experience doing that, um, and, and did sound design for some great shows and yeah that's been that's been 2020 for me it was a lot of a lot more audio work that i was trying to get done so i got there um i need to pee so i'm gonna leading the show i'm gonna say it's time for a pee break and Ooh. everyone go take a pee break all right that's your official break everybody <laughs> <laughs> do we want to record a different break or is that no that's oh, it, it now this is nah, that the, the sausage is made Hey everyone, sorry if you were expecting the Wii Shop music. Lucky for you, there are like a thousand and a half covers on YouTube and Spotify and wherever else you stream music. I'm here today to tell you that we would like to fill this slot with something other than the Wii Shop music. We've sort of reached the point with this podcast that we would really love to take on a sponsor or two. And we're not looking for your quips or your lawnmowers or your purple mattresses, although I would very much like at least two of those three things. I'll let you decide which two. We are looking for indie creators in the nerd space just like us. We are not trying to get rich off this show. We just want to help spread indie nerd culture around the globe. So if you are someone who makes dice, 
if you are an artist who takes commissions, if you have a video game or nerd or comic related brand, we would love to run an ad for you on the show. We've put together some sponsorship packages and we've made sure to keep the price point low enough that people like us would be able to afford it. So if you have any interest in advertising with us or you know someone who might, shoot us an email and get in touch at debatethiscast at gmail.com. We are back. We're just going to keep moving right along. We've got our next uh, very popular category for, for questions here, which I lumped them all together as our shitty opinions. <laughs> you guys asked us what we like. What some, we, for some reason. Yeah, um, which I guess is good because that's what the podcast is. So keep, keep listening. And we'll, we'll take it right, off, right away off the top from um, patr- Patron. In the Discord as Zach Hicks, uh, what is your favorite video game? I mean, this is going directly against what Zach Hicks has said, but Super Mario RPG. I'm going to call you out right <laughs> here, Zach. Here we are. Um, that is my favorite game of all time. And boy, howdy, what I would do to actually have a true-to-form uh, sequel to Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Keep dreaming, Todd. It'll happen I, someday. Man, yeah, I guess. And I know, like, they've done whatever. We did a whole episode. I don't need to say anything else. Yeah, um, that's a hard question because I've played a lot of really random games and I don't have, like, super strong attachments to games myself. I have a lot of, like, strong attachments to games I've played with friends. But I think that the two games that probably, like, if you were just to ask me which ones meant the most to me, would be Super Smash Brothers Brawl specifically because that was the Smash Brothers that we had when I was in college, and so that was the one that we played, and uh, the first Mario Maker uh, because I oh. love mm. platformers and finally having the ability to like make a Mario level without needing to learn a programming engine. Um, satisfied all of my years of <laughs> set mat free yeah yeah i mean all of my years of loving mario games and then doing little level creators and different flash games and stuff um yeah uh but i do have one other favorite video game and it's a flash platformer um, because i i really love flash platformers and it's called i loved her but she was a zombie um oh that is good i just really yeah. love that game it's a really good platformer I don't think I know that one. Yeah, it's on it's on addicting games. It's on freeware. Like, yeah, just hunt it down. Gotcha. Um, well, I mean, everybody knows I love the Final Fantasy series. This like that's an easy that's an easy answer for me. I mean, there's I have like seven of the different titles on here because those are just, you know, different. Those are just like mean so much in my life and like different times that I played them. I can't just pick one. So I'll say honorable mentions. Also, I love Dark Souls and uh, Bloodborne, but like that whole series. Chrono Trigger as well is is a personal favorite Chrono Trigger on the Super Nintendo. The the best of the Super Nintendo era RPG games by Square. That is in Final Fantasy VI. Feels like an attack. Feels feels a bit personal. Strange. Strange, right? Weird. Weird how that happens. Um, TBH, I've still never played Chrono Trigger, and I know it's good. Well, yeah, we'll need to get you to play that on stream sometime Mm -hmm. because it's a a real good time. Yeah, Yeah, you you would like it. I know that you would Mm -hmm. like it. For sure. Um, my answer, similar to Andrew's, but different, is um, I'm a big fan of the Pokemon series. Uh, it's the first series what? that really got me. <laughs> yeah, big surprise, right? <laughs> Kyle likes Pokemon. What? <laughs> um, and f- 
to that, I'd say my pro- my favorite entries in the series are either the the Fire Red Leaf Green remakes or the Heart Gold Soul Silver remakes. That was just like right when Pokemon was like firing on all cylinders. They weren't like trying to make the games just for kids or just for one sect of the audience. They were just making the games and um man, those those remakes just really like take the the joy that comes from the the first entries and just kind of tweaks them just enough that they're more fun to play than the originals in my opinion but it's it's one of those nice. honorable shout outs to to um super smash bros melee mm-hmm. and mario kart double dash which is the best Ooh, double dash. oh man yeah. i would what i i would love to see them bring, i know we've talked about how that was the worst selling one but i would love to see that mm. like that whole process come back that that oh when you and your your partner on the car are just like vibing yeah. and and kicking ass. Now now oh, none of us were none of us game. were friends when this game was like out and happening. Did you also in your group of friends go one, two, three, switch, and then you'd have to like hit the Z button together to like change? Yeah. If we switched, we generally like oh. we generally decided like going. Who was driver, it. who was gunner? Was, yes. Yes. I don't think when I played that game, I don't think I ever played with other people. <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean the best possible aspect of well, the game i mean i mean i should have clarified i didn't play we i don't think i ever played like two person one cart it was always like oh, i'm gotcha. i'm team koopa your team whoever the fuck mattered your team baby mario or whatever yeah. um who who was the best gunner and why was it waluigi because <laughs> he could kick because he could kick so far it was paratrooper because yeah. you could get the the three shell special no it was waluigi because he had like a an mile and a half of reach when you were yeah. punching people uh, it was, oh, it was baby mario because he had the chain chomp nope i'm with Tom. uh pro pro strats was uh was uh baby koopa and waluigi so you got big turtle shells and the bomb i i've been playing a lot of mario kart 8 with julie and I w- I've been playing like Baby Park, trying to remember like why uh, why baby this park, Baby Park isn't isn't the Baby Park I remember, and mm-hmm. it's the lack of giant banana peels and giant Bowser shells on the on the course that that really take away all the magic that is Baby Park. Yeah. This isn't a question, but Mario Kart Eight was the first game that I actually like played and then put down the controller. I'm like, this is too fast. It's too fast. Oh. This is, it's the first game that's made me legitimately feel old where I'm like, it's too fast. There's too many colors. I, I'm, I can't. I don't know where to look. I don't it's know. very colorful. Yeah. There is a lot to unpack visually. I did that the first time I played. Once mm-hmm. I, I was like in one of the like flipped upside down stages, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is too much. This yeah, is too much. Yeah. And then I it's, played it's it. More barfy as hell. I, I got a good hang of it now, but. Like the Wii version, the Wii one, I only played while drinking because we'd play like the drinking game with with Mario Mario Kart. Kart. Yeah. And so maybe that was the issue that that was the last one I played and I didn't like ease into this one. But I played this one and I was like, I can't. I'm done. I have to not to. Yeah, that 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 tracks. Um, So we'll we'll keep right along with uh, Zach Hicks line of questioning. What is your favorite arc of comic books then? What's your favorite comic book story? Do you have a favorite comic book story? Uh, I'll do the I'll do the the real uh, the real easy one. Um, talking since we did the uh, flavor text um, for the whole battle world um, for Marvel leading mm. to all this multi multiverse uh, nonsense. 
Um, I think that's probably one of my favorite stories since I did so much research over it. And I know that's where the Marvel Universe is going. Um, it's really, really cool to just read about all these different alternative universe uh, superheroes and how they're all going to meld together and how, you know, um, we're going to get wild things, potentially like the Council of Reeds, like every Reed Richards from every universe <laughs> who meets together in a pocket dimension to solve so all the problems. <laughs> if we get a if we get a like a John Krasinski Council of Reeds on the big screen. <laughs> right. I'll just I'll just die such a happy comic book nerd at that point yeah and it's it's very like and i mean now that we've got the most recent marvel updates where um we're gonna have this like three act story of wandavision uh spider-man whatever this next one is going to be called with the word home in it um and (laughs) dr strange multiverse of madness i'm just excited to see what those things are and now that i did the research over it i think that's probably my favorite one yeah um yeah i have two uh one is the probably like around the second compendium arc of the walking dead um the first prison arc of the walking dead is very very good and um as much as i love the show and i talk about it all the time the comics are phenomenal uh the prison arc was brutal yes yeah (laughs) um the prison arc was like yeah, it was like hard to read at points. It breaks it breaks Rick. I mean, yeah, when, when Lori gets sniped with the baby. Um, so that one is number one. And then number two is uh, Marvel Bullet Points, which is really similar to the Marvel What If series. It was under Marvel Knights in like the mid 2000s. And the the basic rundown is what happens in the Marvel Universe if Dr. Abraham uh, Erskine is killed before Steve Rogers is injected with the super soldier serum. So instead of Captain America, Steve Rogers becomes Iron Man. Peter Parker becomes the Hulk. Reed Richards Hmm. becomes the head of shield. And like Bruce Banner, Dr. or Stephen Strange and Tony Stark are also there. Um, And it's, it's like a, it's exactly like what if it's just a big old, dominoes fall in a different direction and what does that look like with all of these characters and powers that you know that's cool yeah um mine's a much newer uh, entrant but uh i recently uh earlier this year uh tried to just got into a bunch of x-men comics and i read the last year's um x-men run uh late it was like late last year earlier this early this year um it's the house of x powers of x uh dual run that arc is so cool and, and different and the storytelling approach that they took to it, it was so unlike anything that I had seen in a comic. Is that the one with Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean in like a thruple? Is that the one? Is that that no. one? I think that happened before. That no, happened earlier. The, okay. This is this is okay, so basically the 2018 run of X-Men essentially killed off the entire yeah. band of mutants gotcha like gotcha. they they kind of ran themselves into a wall and they're like we keep killing everybody and then they, they brought, <laughs> we can't keep rebooting the yeah. franchise exactly and like they brought cyclops back and cyclops was like fucking cable now because it's like he's yeah. also cable but cyclops but he's he's cape clops i don't know cable it was a whole thing. Hey, cable yeah, clops. Cable clops. yeah. He, he was just like he was like i'm cyclops but i've been dead <laughs> and uh and it was just like it was just kind of nonsense so they're just like, all right, fuck it. And uh, they rebooted it all again. But it was like, it was very much what if. And it's like, okay, what if none of the X-Men ever happened? And instead, uh, we basically, the, the secret spoiler is Moira McTaggart 
is a mutant. And Moira McTaggart okay. is the most powerful mutant. In, she's kind of Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Basically, she has the power to, to reincarnate, but she remembers her past lives. So she's got, like, her whole life is a rewind mechanic. So they go through the, like, 10 lives of Moira McTaggart. Oh, okay. And, and it's hmm. Moira McTaggart, basically, like, like, her first life is the entire run of the X-Men, right? Uh-huh. And then it's, like, she dies and it's, like, failure. Game over. So she reboots herself again and she meets a young Charles Xavier and they go through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But she has all of the knowledge. Whoa. So, like, they go... It's so fucking cool. So they go through these all these alternate storylines and, and basically it's, like... Moira McTaggart's like, I've lived nine lives and every single life has ended in mutants being hunted to the ends of the earth. Wow. It's like the only re- the only thing that we can do is get the fuck out of here. So hmm. the entire mutant population, they just get the fuck out and they build a new planet <laughs> and it's awesome. And everyone's like, cool. yeah, Magneto and Professor Xavier, they like they 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 uh, agree on their differences and they start this like entire like basically like they take seek asylum on this other planet and they take all the mutants with them and it's just like the and then now x-men is now just like all of the x-men on this different planet nice it's really cool hmm. nice. yeah if you're if you're at all interested in reading x-men i highly recommend it and it and it the nice thing about a reboot it's like it doesn't take any yeah. prior knowledge yeah yeah um i i could have a lot of answers to this um i really like like the flashpoint arc in dc mm-hmm. um I'm trying to think of some other good ones I like. I really like Joss Whedon's run on X-Men from the like mid to early to mid 2000s. John Hickman's run on Fantastic Four from around the same time. Uh, Black the Blackest Night arc um, in Green yeah, Lantern's really that's good. That's super good. That's a good one, yeah. All all favorites of mine, but I think my standout, and I'll I think I'm going to talk about it again later in this same episode. And I've mentioned it before is all all star Superman. Um, it's Grant Morrison doing a like a twelve issue arc of like Superman's greatest hits. It's a nice contained story. It it starts and ends in those twelve issues. It doesn't like someone doesn't pick it up after and continue the story. Um, but it it's just like it's Superman distilled down to what makes Superman awesome, and it's. It's it's the the one I keep rereading and coming back to because it's just it's just so good. So yeah, uh, we've got one one more from in this kind of string of questioning from Zach Hicks, and uh, this can be nice and quick. What's your favorite video game soundtrack? I don't know if I if I've talked about this or not. I think if it like if I'm not answering Geno's Woods because that's just a very good hit. <laughs> um, Geno's Woods is just very good. Uh, aquatic. Uh, ambiance from Donkey Kong. Ambiance is yeah amazing. That is so good, and there have been so many good remakes of it that make it sound like a real piece of like just beautiful classical mm-hmm. like music. So I don't know. I give a lot of credit to um, Rare for just really nailing that with Donkey Kong forever ago. David Wise, huh? David David Wise. David Wise, Wise was yeah. A, yeah, uh, yeah. he came back and he came back and did, I believe, he did the soundtrack for uh, DKC Returns, uh, Tropical Freeze, which is I a, also oh, a very nice. good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I also forgot to mention in the last section that another personal favorite uh, hero is Hobgobbler. The, <laughs> the remember the, when the Hobgoblin the version be, be, of Hobgoblin, <laughs> yeah, oh, from fuck. Earth eighty three eleven. Just throwing it out there. That was a good one. Um, if we're talking video game song, 
I would say Wooded Kingdom from Super Mario Odyssey. But favorite mm. video game soundtrack altogether is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. Yeah. There you go. That That's Tony Hawk Pro Skater A number. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be that answer. Yeah. But specifically 4. It's definitely 4. Got it. Uh, not sound like a broken record, but Final Fantasy. I listen to Final Fantasy soundtracks on the regular. Uh, Odyssey, I think Super Mario Odyssey just as a whole has an awesome soundtrack. It's like one of the best. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, Chrono Trigger uh, in Persona 5. And uh, shout out to Undertale. The Undertale soundtrack is also very good. Undertale is very good. Yep. Uh, Mine isn't the most original answer. I don't listen to a ton of video game music like the others do, but um, I always come back to the Legend of Zelda series. And specifically, the Wind Waker soundtrack just really does it for me. Mm. Um, Yeah. Especially that, like, they do that like Celtic folk Celtic like intro uh, variation on the like on the main Zelda theme. Oh, just gets yeah, me every I will, time. I will fuck with uh, a redo of Dragon Roost Island. Yep, any yep. day. Yeah, yep. Dragon Roost Island is a is a bop. That whole soundtrack just time and time again does it for me. Um, I I had a a summer I was running a lot on a on a, one of the Great Lakes. And I would make sure I timed my run to coincide with one of the like boat themes from Wind Waker when I nice. ran along the coast because oh, so good. Okay, so our next question comes once again from Tom Zalatni. What powered quote unquote superhero do you think is the most realistic? They kind of specified this to me. Um, it's not which hero is the most realistic like batman a rich guy with money running around is probably the more most realistic superhero that will arrive in our world but like what power do you most believe i mean i don't know if this is a cheater answer but i'm prone to think uh someone like blue beetle from the dc universe is good because i believe they get hit with like alien tech and kind of get Iron Man abilities, yeah. um, you know, like not to because I feel like cheating would be answering the question saying Iron Man because that's yeah. what you just like, kind of just said with Batman. But nanotech, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, some some random person finds alien tech and is like, I now have magic powers. Everyone, mm-hmm. like here mm-hmm. I am. Like that could be announced tomorrow, and we'd all just be like, Oh shit! All right, yeah, okay. Like yeah. I guess that's the thing we're dealing <laughs> with now. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um... Anybody with, like, real hypnosis powers feels pretty believable. Um, Scarecrow from DC comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's a good one. As somebody who is, like, pretty believable. Um, Yeah, I think that's my answer. I think Scarecrow uh, from the Batman series is my answer. Um, I'm going to say Daredevil, and it's not because of radioactive goo going in eyes, but um, the, the idea that, like, people, like, somebody doesn't feel fear like that, we know that 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 exists, right? That is a chemical imbalance in your brain. Um, we also know that like people absolutely have extrasensory, like some sort of extrasensory perception. It is also scientifically proven that if you lose one sense, the other senses will be heightened. So I think like the majority of Daredevil, without the like radioactive part of it, feels fairly believable and possible. That's good. That's kind of similar to mine, for but different. Um, mine are any, any of the like ESP telepath powers that to me is most like could be out in our world now and, and secret. Um, then the other one is like the, the bone claws side of Wolverine's powers. That's another one I could see Mm -hmm. like 
a mute like any, any of the more like believable x any of the less out there x-men mutations i i'm willing to buy just as like a, oh yeah of course like this guy was born with claws that tracks like um and then like the heightened senses that go along with it the <laughs> the super fast regeneration the healing factor is the part that is unbelievable to me but that's that's why we read comics because it's fun and unbelievable. <laughs> Our next question comes from Hoomstradamus on our Discord, Tommy. And this is written like someone who has read and defended a lot of doctoral theses. <laughs> Wild. We grew up with a lot of the culturally relevant video game and comic franchises that went from geeky to pop culture in our lifetime. If you were going to introduce someone to this world, where would you think is the best place to start? In parentheses, Think of this like you're the cool uncle for a niece or nephew. Yeah, when I read this question, um, I just thought about how every day after school for years, I would go home and watch the Spider-Man cartoon. Um, And I think that I would still stick with Spider-Man now, though obviously those cartoons haven't like aged, not like not like they've aged poorly, but they're just not as nice to watch anymore. And they're still kind of goofy like because all that stuff back then is just very campy. Um, yeah. So I think my, my answer would still be Spider-Man because Spider-Man ends up being that hero who is a kid trying their best, doing what they can to like improve the world around them. And uh, I would probably point my nieces and nephews to either probably some of the more recent Spider-Man cartoons, because I know they have ones where he's still either a kid or a teenager or something like Into the Spider-Verse um, that yeah. obviously that movie was just a really good bottled version of this is Spider-Man. Like, this is what Spider-Man does. So I think that's my answer. There are a lot of different Spider-Men, but they all do this. Yeah, every yeah. last one of them is just trying their best given what they can. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think that my answer is... I, I had to think about this one. This is a really good question. I mm-hmm. think my answer is the first Avengers movie, and I haven't seen it in a while, but I just remember the first Avengers movie being such a, like, rush of serotonin the whole time because it was so many cool people and it was a really clear-cut plot um because they had built to the avengers movie but i think at that point there was still a big question as to like all right how far can we really sail this ship and it turns out you can sail it the whole goddamn way to the sunset (laughs) but uh when the first avengers movie came out i remember it feeling contained you know and i remember feeling like you could walk into that movie without having seen all of the ones that preceded it and in the first couple of minutes get like okay this is captain america this is iron man this is the hulk that's a very good answer for that reason it in every character is summed up very quickly like cool you got nick fury's deal you got captain america's deal Mm -hmm. you got thor and iron man's deal like yeah um and and it hinted that there were like other movies you could go watch to get their full story but you got you got their deal and then we moved on and we didn't linger on it too long i i think that avengers one out of the whole mcu is the only ensemble movie that you can jump in at i don't know Mm -hmm. that there is any other mcu ensemble movie that you can watch with nothing else and have any like full semblance of what's going on but avengers one feels that way um so that that's what I'm going. Maybe with. also Guardians one, but that's different than it's a different ensemble than yeah, Avengers one for sure. 
Um, I'll answer this a little bit different because I, I agree with both these for comics. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about video games. So if somebody came up to me and was like, hey, like what's going on in video games? I think uh, the the best example I would give is tell them to play Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think yep. that is definitely like the perfect example of what games, the modern era of games are doing capable of. It's kind of like an intro course into here's everything that you could do in a video game. like. You get a little bit of action, you get a little bit of platforming, you get some puzzle solving, you get some RPG, you get some storytelling, you know, you and it some, doesn't like some open ended sandbox yep. shenanigans. Yeah. Yep, exactly. You get survival mode like you, you get a little bit of everything. And it's basically like, hey, what did you like most about that? Cool. If you like that, go play this game. There's more of that. You know, I mean, I, that I think that there's no better way just to like to get into modern video games than than Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, If I'm doing a video game, I think, Andrew, you're right with like Breath of the Wild, um, Super Mario Odyssey, maybe one of the like one of the Switch games, I think, is a great introduction to gaming in general. I'd also throw probably Minecraft into that mix and not a game I've played, but definitely like Mm -hmm. very easy for a for a new person to pick up, let you do kind of anything and very indicative of what gaming is today. if I'm going to introduce someone into comics, I would I'm going to be the I think the only DC person here and say mm-hmm. um I'd start a niece or nephew on the um DC animated universe um that includes like the Batman animated series. Mm-hmm. That's but I'd call. probably start them on something like ju- um like Static Shock or the sure. Justice League yeah. portion of that um that franchise. They throw so many characters at you that like you get a nice like depth of what comic books are but it's all in easy easy to digest um cartoon network format like summed up in in 15 minute plot lines too Um, i'd even throw the the earliest seasons of teen titans i loved watching that yeah yeah og OG teen titans Titans. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um a brief a brief aside here is it ridiculous to say that Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey are as big of touchstones in gaming as Super Mario 64 and Ocarina were. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I I, people I were saying that crazy. when they came out. No, yeah. people, I think people were saying that when they came out and it still stands true. I mean, th- those are just as important to, I think, modern gaming, modern era gaming, this, those other games were. Um, hypothetically, what would you say to a 33-year-old that owns a Switch and hasn't played either of those two titles? Fucking play one of them. Yeah, I'll, pick, I have them both. Like, I have yeah. the cartridges. You, I'll let you borrow yeah. them. Uh, the, I'll, yeah, well, it's like, not, well, I didn't say it was me. I'll tell, you have, I'll tell you my have, friend. You have five... Uh, here's, here's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer it this way. One, you have five days, basically, where you're doing nothing. I know that for a it's fact. <laughs> uh, you could probably get through most of Breath of the Wild. I, in fact had in your same exact situation got through super mario odyssey in two days flat but because my wife was out of town and i did nothing <laughs> except sit on my couch and play super mario odyssey so you could probably get through super mario odyssey and like get a chunk of the way through breath of the wild matt i'll put time. you in contact with my friend okay yeah that you you tell His your friend who's totally not to talk Todd. to my friends not me. <laughs> make sure not... make sure your friend also reminds you to play breath of the wild yeah. Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> yeah definitely advice to that friend play one at least one of those games no I'll, I'll tell them they're 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 great now now yeah. when you're when you're telling your friend to, make sure you tell your friend to remind you todd 
don't try to complete it. There's no sense in getting all 999 moons or 99 or 999 Korok seeds. I, yeah. I heard that that's when the real game starts. That's when the real game starts, yes. And then our, our last question for our shitty opinions section comes from a friend of, friend of mine, uh, Green 8Ball, on, on all social media, Discord. I know him as Jason. Um, if we could revive one dormant or dead series from the grave, which would each of us pick? And why is it Mother or the Earthbound series? Well, I, I can't say Super Mario RPG since I already said it, even though that is the answer. <laughs> but I am just going to agree and keep moving. Um, I would love to see a remastering of Earthbound, um, you know, the, the Mother series in general. So there's that one. I've still not played Mother 3, and I know Andrew's talked about it a lot. I know it's out there. I should probably I'll, I'll tell my friend that I should that they should also play that. <laughs> that one will be a little harder to get a hold of. Literally, like your friend can get the, the discs or the discs, the cartridges of Breath of the Wild. Fucking play Breath of the Wild. Like, just stop talking about it. Yeah, I'll tell. I've told them. I, I told them <laughs> they know. Um, I just had to, like, turn around and look at my game shelf. Um, my knee jerk reaction is blood wake, but that's a meme. Um, <laughs> shit, yeah. Uh, but my honest answer, I think I would kill, kill for a 21st century reboot of Rampage, um, the arcade oh, game, because oh, I love the Rampage one. games. Um, and then what was the other one that I just saw and thought that would be good as shit? Uh, is it sheep? It's, it's got sheep. sheep. Um, <laughs> No, no, SSX. I would take a new SSX. Oh, yeah. oh, SSX would yeah. be I can really still, good. I can still see the preview for SSX Tricky in my mind. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Those games were very good. And then honorable mention to Banjo-Kazooie, but that's like mm. Mother 3. Like, everybody wants Banjo-Kazooie. Um, yeah. My answer is Metroid. How about Metroid? Fuck yeah, Metroid. Same. <laughs> well, isn't the 25th anniversary next year? Isn't that yeah. the... Of what? Of, like, the first, <laughs> of, of the first Metroid. I think that's yeah. the rumor that they're going to announce a big to-do with it. Well, they've had me- they had and scrapped and restarted Metroid Prime 4 yeah. now, mm-hmm. too. So they, they, um, they hit they, the wall. They have a Cyberpunk, logo. They hit yeah. the wall Cyberpunk did and was like, oh, this yep. game's not finished. Let's and but they backed backed down from it from that wall rather than yeah. try to charge through it. Has Nintendo had a flagship like shooter since like Metroid? Aside from um, well, yeah, I mean they have um, um, Splatoon. Splatoon. Uh, well, aside from Splatoon, Splatoon, but I mean they haven't done like a, a like a flagship. This is our FPS. It's like only our FPS. Yeah. And even and even no. then, like Metroid Prime was not. A call of duty like it wasn't a call of yeah, duty sure, on sure, nintendo sure, yeah. reagan's was... not committing you to do space crimes there was a <laughs> there was a wii u exclusive called zombies u that was supposed mm. to be like a, yeah. a big flagship series that did not take off because it is not good um, it appara- oh no. i heard it was very good just no one played it uh you know Uh-oh. i played it and it was f- fine okay what i've heard is it was good for a launch game because yeah, like gotcha. launch games you know it's like they're normally like seven out of ten so it's like yeah, yeah it's a launch game yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's in the box, right? Um, my answer to this question is F Zero because oh, yeah, because they haven't made an F Zero game since I think Game Boy GX. Advance. Yeah. No, there was the GameCube one. Fuck F Zero okay. GX. That game was so fucking hard. <laughs> Which I think is why they haven't made one since. Yeah, that one was impossible it was to play. So hard. Well, because the Game Boy Advance one was like perfect. Like yeah. you could not yeah. make yeah. a better F Zero game than the Game Boy Advance one. Um, you give me a really tight 
uh, F Zero game on the Switch. I'll play that all day, baby. Give me F. Give me more F Zero. Give me more Captain Falcon. Show me your moves. We need we need a Captain Falcon like uh, remember Star Fox Adventures dinosaur <laughs> player. We need, we need a, a Captain Falcon Fal- Adventures. F Zero Adventures. Yeah, it's gonna. I, thinking about Captain Falcon being able to free roam in like his ship is so stupid. But yeah. also, yeah, there was a cartoon. There was like a one or yeah. two season long oh, cartoon shit. that was where Captain Falcon was like he was a bounty hunter and he was the main character and it was weird. But it was there was a cartoon on WB and he had a staff and he fought Triceratops. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it gave us the favorite NPC crystal. <laughs> so that brings that uh, route wraps up our shitty opinions, um, and we're gonna close out our mailbag episode with a a lightning round. So we'll just we'll ask these questions. Um, we may or may not say who they're from because it's the lightning round, baby. We don't got time for that. <laughs> um, our our, our first question does come from Hoomstradamus. If you could work out with any member of the Avengers, who would you pick and why would it be Mark Ruffalo? Um, it's not Mark Ruffalo. It is Nick Fury. He's going to teach me sweet spy shit. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, because if I look as good as Chris Hemsworth, then I'm the better <laughs> version of Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Jeremy Renner, so we can work out in this uh, sweet farm. <laughs> Paul Rudd, because... Paul Rudd, I think, has the same vibe on working out that I do. <laughs> now, we can all agree we're going to hang out with Mark Ruffalo. Yes. Oh, yeah. Just, like, yes. hang yeah. out with Mark Ruffalo. Okay. Lightning round. Who is the sexiest debater? Um, Will from Blasting Off Again when he was here that one episode because of his accent. Everyone's nodding on the call. You can't yeah, hear we that. All nodded. Sure, why not? We weren't prepared for Todd to bring in a guest a guest debater to the Saints. No, right. Player five has entered the game. Yeah, you derailed me. Um, Rami Malik, because every time he comes into a debate, he wins. Um, there's one debater that we've talked about. Their sweet, sweet dumper. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Todd. It's Todd's dumper. It's specifically Todd's dumper. Specifically Todd's dumper. Um, I will second Todd's sweet dumper in for the for <laughs> it's a vote around. It's a vote for Will. <laughs> Uh, it's a vote for Rami Malik and two for Todd Stumper. All right, motion passes. Um, this question comes from a very mean Andrew's wife. Uh, Matt, have you ever, do you have a library card? Do you well, ever no, we, end up that we each get card? to answer, and the answer is no. I've had a library card since the year 2000, <laughs> I still have that library card. Okay, well, let Andrew and Kyle answer. Uh, um, the answer, the real answer is Matt took his library card and ripped it up on stream and everybody saw it. <laughs> uh, my answer is, uh, Jess, Matt, I watched Matt burn his library card, like a Vietnam draft <laughs> notice and, um, <laughs> to stick it to the man who's the to library stick it to the man. of every bit we've ever oh, had. I love it so much. <laughs> this one is the, the worst. worst. Oh, and like the, it's so good because Matt is wholeheartedly the person who would go to war to fund social services like libraries. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so Matt protesting a library is so good. Oh, um, man. This also comes from from Jess, Andrew's wife. Do you guys have any gaming New Year's revolu- resolutions? Do you have any gaming goals you would like to accomplish in 2021? No, but optimistically, I super look forward to a post-pandemic world where I get to play video games in rooms with my friends again. That was just such like a, a like a crux of who I am. 
and I've not been able to do that. And boy, that is a thing that I look forward to. Uh, yeah, I'm going to finish Breath of the Wild, which I haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but my friend needs to borrow it. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you get to a point in a game that's so good. And you're like, I don't really want this to end. And so you just kind of roam the world for eternity. Yeah. That's where I'm at. In I did Breath that of the too. Wild. So I'll, um, um, I've roamed a lot of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I have not. I've also not finished the game. So 2021 oh, wow. is the year that I finally take on the last uh, beast and finish Calamity Ganon. So, yeah, I'm the only one who's actually fought Calamity Ganon. That's wild. I have fought Calamity Ganon on somebody else's game. I just haven't done it on <laughs> okay. my save file. That's I'll let you know when my friend does. <laughs> I, I have the DLC, but I never finished the DLC, and I can't because it's I'm one of the five people, including Kyle, who bought Breath of the Wild on Wii U. And, like, <laughs> I'm not going to hook up my Wii U to play Breath of the Wild. I would much rather just spend $80 to buy it again on Switch. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my gaming New Year's resolution, uh, my serious one is I have been wanting to get into the world of speedrunning just for fun and to do uh, something else on stream that isn't doesn't require all four of us. So I've kind of been like thinking about it for a long time, and I think it would be really fun to get into speedrunning. I don't know yet what game. I thought for a while that could be like Bloodborne, which would be really hard, Whoa. but I don't know. I know. Ooh. Um, I also like mildly considered like. Hades would be a fun one to get into speedrunning. Have you watched a speedrun on Hades? I have. Wild. I have. They are, those are wild. So I don't know yet. Um, it would be basically like we're, you know, trying to find some more reasons to get on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash debate this cast, um, because I really enjoy it. And it's, it's super fun to interact with people that way. Um, similar to Andrew's answer, I've been looking for an excuse to do something with all of the years of Magic the Gathering I've played, and I think um, streaming more of that would, is the way to do it. So mine is a very simple, I'd like to stream Magic more. Ooh, wait, I have one more. Sorry, I have one more. I finally, for the first time in my life, bought Perfect Dark for the N64, nice. which I have Shit. never mm. played, and I'm going to play the campaign of Perfect Dark, you and never I'm very played. excited. Uh, it's rough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, it's not easy. Yeah, like it plays like ass. Yeah, it looks well, like ass. Listen, I I yeah. have a whole collection of N sixty four games. I'm, I'm what are I'm your, what are your thoughts on playing Goldeneye, but like worse? Well, yeah. at so least that's, graphically. That's the thing is like I have Goldeneye and I've beaten Goldeneye more times than I can count, but I've never played Perfect Dark, so I have to. That game though, like it is so charming and the story is so weird. The mm -hmm. voice acting is outrageous. Like you're gonna love it. You're gonna absolutely Isn't love it. Isn't it like one of the best rated games on the N64 though? Oh like, yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, it's. I, I you've heard me say this a lot on this show. Like none of those games hold up today. No. And, yeah. and like I yeah. played, I love the shit out of Perfect Dark. I probably played that game three times over. Like I played on every every level and every difficulty. I mean, I loved that game, and it is super weird. But it just like it looks insane today. Like just to just yeah. Yeah. watch a playthrough of it, watch a speedrun of it. it it's 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 ridiculous i think it was the first game to have bot multiplayer like you could play multiplayer yeah. with bots yeah. in it which was what i did as a lonely child <laughs> same absolutely yeah, same right yep you yeah. put the good bots on your team and the bad bots on the mm -hmm. other team yeah you you could get it like up to like because you, if you had the expansion pack mm -hmm. uh you could get up to like 16 bots and take the the farscape sniper the, yeah. the x-ray sniper scope and just like yeah yeah just like pop off people play god <laughs> oh my god that game rules all right, guys, that that's our mailbag. Our mailbag is empty, except for this one last question. <laughs> so uh -oh. stupid. We've got one one last question to round out our mailbag episode, and it is a very simple 
Fuck Mary Kill, Captain America, Spider Man, and Ghost Rider. Um, this is easy. The exact reverse of how you read them. Um, Ghost Rider and I were throwing down. Spider Man and I were gonna have a lovely, wonderful life together. And I'm killing Captain America. I'm taking his shield. And in every storyline, he always comes <laughs> back better anyway, or from a different timeline. So it's great. Uh, fuck Mary Kill. Um, I need a piece of Captain America's sweet American ass. Uh, you can't kill Ghost Rider, so I guess we're getting married. And Spider-Man's been overrated since he came out anyway, so he can go. Uh, marry Spider-Man. Fuck Captain America. Nope. Uh, wait. Yeah, fuck Captain America. Kill Ghost Rider because fuck Ghost Rider. <laughs> um, fuck, fuck, Mary, kill. It is fuck Spider-Man. Marry Captain America because he went back in time to, to be married. And that's just, just so adorable to me and wholesome. And um, I got to kill Ghost Rider because that's the third option. And I don't really have an opinion on Ghost Rider. So. See, you're 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 missing it. Um, it is it is a ghost rider in the streets, penance stare in the, in the sheets, sheets situation. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Very, very good. Um, so so everyone, thank you for debating with us here in 2020. This is gonna this is gonna close out 2020 for us. Um, you can follow along with all the arguments in 2021 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DebateThisCast, or get on our website at DebateThisCast.com. You can also make your New Year's resolution to follow more content creators online by checking us out on Patreon at DebateThisCast. If you like the show and you need something to talk about while you're um, avoiding COVID with your family, uh, bring us up. Get get your family listening to us. We're, We're a wholesome, wholesome family show. A wholesome family show that just did a fuck Mary kill of Captain America, <laughs> Spider Man, and yeah. the Ghost Rider. So until next time, I'm Kyle Harper. I'm Todd, still thinking about about tackle box Tony in 2020, <laughs> Thomas. I'm Matt, my lovely lady dumb skull. <laughs> and I'm Andrew. Todd had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Guys like what, what, what? Henderson. Good. And we're saying thank you for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can meet us in 2020 and fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. And if you think we're wrong, you can meet us in 21 and fight us behind the future swing sets, nerds. Future! Future! Remember the one time I made Matt's nickname uh, Wiki Wild Wild West James West Desperado Rough Rider No You Don't Want Nana? I do. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you.